Welcome to Me Time, the podcast for women in midlife who've been taking care of everyone else and now say, it's my turn to take care of me. I'm Kim Aceto, health and self-care coach for women in midlife and your host. Thank you for spending your precious me time with me right now. Enjoy the show. Okay, so today I have invited Janine Bryant back on the podcast. Let me tell you a little bit about Janine. So Janine is an expert at helping older adults and their families through times of transition. As the owner of Changing Spaces SRS, a senior move management company in Lincoln, Nebraska, she and her team have assisted hundreds of seniors through the downsizing and moving process. They are experienced professionals who help clients sort, pack, manage move day, unpack, and settle in. They also assist in clearing out an estate after someone has moved or passed away. With a decade of experience doing this kind of work, Janine has found her passion in helping seniors and people of all ages right-size their belongings and their lives. She recently authored a book entitled Ready to Right Size, a step-by-step guide to your right-sizing journey for older adults and their loved ones, and created a website filled with free resources. So Janine, welcome back to the Me Time Midlife Podcast. Thank you so much, Kim. I'm happy to be back. Yeah, well, I have personally invited you because you were such a great guest. I really love what you had to say, and there's so much more to talk about, um, especially when it comes to what we have gone through. So uh, Mm -hmm. I want to let listeners know first that uh, Janine and I recorded this podcast um, kind of at the peak of of COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, So if we're not up to date with what we're talking about, uh, just know that. You know, Janine, when I asked you to come onto the podcast, I wasn't quite sure what exactly I wanted to talk with you about. So I asked you, what has been on your mind? And why don't you start by just sharing what what you shared with me and, and that's what we're going to talk yeah, about. Yeah, sure. I mean, the first thing that came to my mind, Kim, when you reached out was this concept of enough. Because when, when you and I first started our email exchange, um, at least in, in my area where I live in Nebraska, in the Midwest of the United States, things were just starting to ramp up with this COVID fear. There was a lot of, you know, hoarding going on really in the stores and people were making panic runs and and trying to keep, they were worried about running out of food. They're worried about running out of toilet paper. They're worried about running out of money. And something that I always talk about with my clients in my business is this concept of enough. And so I started thinking about what is enough, not just when it comes to our stuff, but what is enough when it comes to money? What is enough when it comes to our possessions, Um, even our supplies, okay, our toilet paper, our hand sanitizer, our hand soap. I think that when, um, when the whole world, it seems like, goes into this scarcity mindset because of something like COVID, um, the topic of what is enough really comes to the forefront of our minds. And I think it's really worth exploring. Yeah, it was really interesting, right, to see uh, so many people buying up things, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the shelves yeah. were empty and, and all of that. Um, yeah, because when we're in a panic, we want to hoard and we want mm-hmm. to protect ourselves. And especially when we're not sure of what's happening. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's it's a response to fear, which it's 
so interesting because in my work, when I'm helping an older adult who's downsizing, they're moving from a larger home to a smaller home and they're giving up half of their possessions because there simply won't be room for them at the other side of this move they're filled with fear as well. And so it's such a natural response when you're afraid you want to hold on to things and you want to bring things close to you and not be generous or not let go of things. And uh, I think that that's, I think it's interesting. And I think it's something that we need to be consciously aware of so that we can sort of push back against that. Because um, the thing that I, the thing that I always preach to my clients is that enough is a decision. It's not an amount. So it's not a number, okay, when you're thinking about, you know, what is enough money, okay, for you, that's not one, there's not one answer to that question. Your answer, Kim, is going to be different than my answer, it's going to be different than um, someone else's answer who lives in another state or in another country and under different circumstances. So what is enough really um, varies for each individual person, and you get to decide what that amount is okay so it's not necessarily a number it's a decision what is enough food what is enough time spent with family um, and then when you break it down into my area of expertise which is stuff or possessions in your home what is enough books um, how many pairs of jeans is enough? How many throw pillows on your head is enough? Okay, it seems kind of silly, but <laughs> this question, it I think it's really interesting when you apply it to the big stuff and when you apply it to the minutiae. Um, you know, how many uh, red markers do you need? Do you need 25 red markers in your office drawer or will two suffice? All the way up to how much money do you need in your savings account? So I think that it, it would be an interesting um, topic to explore today. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's talk about like why why do we buy stuff in the first place? Like when you go and and you know you go into people's homes and you see all their stuff, right? We all have stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, why why do we buy all of this stuff? Like why do we buy so many markers, right? Like why do we not just toilet paper with COVID, but yep. you know, why do we have so many pairs of pants when there's days a week, you know, or, you know, seven days in a week. Um, mm-hmm. What do you, what do you think? I mean, I think it's uh, for many reasons. Number one, I think it's easy in our society today. It's so easy to go out and buy stuff. Um, stuff, material goods have never been cheaper. They've never been more accessible. We don't even have to leave our house, right? We can just pick up our phone. Um, for me, Amazon is such a blessing and also a curse as well, because I just get one little harebrained idea in my head about, oh, it would be nice to have that. I pick up my phone, I find it on Amazon, I tap a button and it arrives at my house a couple of days later. So um, it's so easy. I think it's also certainly a coping mechanism that a lot of people um, use, myself included. I like to shop. It makes me, I think it makes me feel happy. It makes me feel better in the moment anyway. Um, and if if it's something that you truly need and if it's something that fits in your budget, then it certainly can be a blessing and a good thing. But um, I think the trouble happens when you are buying your 25th black t-shirt because it makes you feel good, or um, you're using it as a coping mechanism, or maybe your possessions are so disorganized in your home that you don't know that you have 24 other black t-shirts because you can't find them, so you're going to buy the 25th. Um, so I, th- I think it's a combination of those things, that it's so easy, and it is also, I think, a coping mechanism. You know, if, if we think about what our grandparents had, or even what our great-grandparents had as far as possessions, their concept of enough was vastly different than what our concept 
of enough is. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's so interesting. My grandparents um, were born in 1910 and 1912, okay? Mm -hmm. And they lived in rural North Dakota. They were farmers. And boy, when I think about how often they went to a store to go shopping, I mean, maybe a couple times a year. You know, it certainly wasn't a weekly or even maybe a monthly occurrence. And now I live half a mile from Super Target and it's amazing. You know, I can go there anytime I want and fill up my card. And, and so um, if you think about past generations, their idea of, of enough, their, the society that they lived in was just set up differently and their brains were differently wired to think about um, how much was enough in their life. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting. It, it is true. And, you know, something that I've been studying because it's in my realm of, uh, you know, positive psychology and well-being and flourishing and all of those, you know, those things is mm. uh, happiness. So I've been studying happiness. And speaking of stuff, it's so funny because what, what I'm learning is that we don't base our happiness on absolutes. We based our we base our happiness on comparisons. Mm. So it's yeah. not like oh I have this much stuff. Speak you know you can use many different examples, but as far mm-hmm. as stuff, it's not like oh I have enough stuff. But it's like for myself that I'm I'm happy with the stuff that I have. But it's mm-hmm. like in comparison to my neighbor, mm-hmm. right? My neighbor just got a new car, or mm-hmm. another new car, right? My neighbor just is bringing home some some packages from the mall. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you go into your neighbor's house and you see all the stuff that they have. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's a comparison thing and it's not an absolute thing. And it's just something that we all do. We all Mm -hmm. like to compare how much, you know, money we make, how much possessions Mm -hmm. we have, how, you know, how great our vacations are, you know, everything is a comparison. And um, something that they say is that social media, you know, it's, which yes. sword. I mean, it could be great because it can connect people like you and I, we got connected uh, mm-hmm. this way. And, you know, like my clients live all over the country and I'm able to work with them and connect with them on a regular basis through mm-hmm. social media. Mm-hmm. But the longer we spend on social media, the it, it, what they say is we tend to buy $4 more a week of stuff for every hour we spend on social media. Oh my gosh. I had not heard that. That's amazing and terrifying. Oh my gosh. Exactly. I believe it. I believe it. Exactly. Because we're seeing like the highlights of everybody's lives, right? The Photoshopped, um, yes. you know, vacation. Perfect lighting. And yeah, everything is just, you know, and then we, we look at our ordinary boring lives and we're like, oh, I need more stuff to make me happy. When we know stuff doesn't make us happy, more stuff. Yes. Yes, you are so right. And I think that 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 comparison, you know, intellectually, we all know that, you know, it's it's not healthy, or it's not good to compare. But I think that so often that comparison is happening unconsciously. I don't even think we're aware of it. And and when we see these things and we're keeping up with the Joneses next door, or if we see these things on social media, it normalizes a level of spending and a level of consumption that maybe should not be normal for us and our situation. Again, I mean, I, my, my message is that we all get to choose. You get to choose what is enough, but just make sure that you're choosing it and you're not letting whoever you're following on social media or your neighbors choose it. Um, you know, certainly we, I see this even uh, my own neighbors. I've got kids and my kids play with the neighborhood kids. And 
um, you know, during the COVID thing, boy, people were buying above ground uh, swimming pools and trampolines. And it started us thinking, well, geez, maybe we should be spending $500 on a trampoline, you know, because it seems, it seems more normal, but Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. That, that, I think what's interesting, you talked about, you've been studying happiness and, um, before I mentioned that sometimes shopping and buying things makes us happy, but really I want to clarify that what I think it does is it brings us pleasure, which of course is short term Mm -hmm. and, and happiness is, um, you know, a longer term, big picture. um, So that, that distinction between pleasure versus happiness for me, it's a piece of chocolate cake, boy, that brings me pleasure. But in the morning, I'm not going to feel so great that I had an extra piece of chocolate cake. Exactly. Yeah. And another thing they talked about was that like possessions, like stuff versus experiences. And I know we know that um, you know, money spent on experiences brings us more happiness than money spent on stuff. Mm-hmm. And what they found is that, you know, when you have, when you buy a new car, for example, you buy this nice new car and you're so happy and you're so excited and you drive it and you love it. And you, mm-hmm. you know, it's got all these new features and all these things you haven't seen before or experienced before. And it's, it's so great, but the longer you have that car, the less happy you get with that car. And usually we have our cars for a really long time, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we yep. think that the car is going to keep us that happy at, at the yep. time as when we first bought it, right? We, we think yep. that we continue to keep us that happy, but possessions, anything, um, yes. you know, new car, that pool, that trampoline, mm-hmm. whatever, it doesn't make us happy. But the thing that does make us happy are buying experiences. So, you know, buying a vacation, you get to look forward to the vacation, you get to experience the vacation, and then you have memories of the vacation afterward that you can always go back to. So what they say is that, is that the things that make us happy are the things that are actually temporary, the things that are going to go away, not the things that stay, because the things that stay, they lose their novelty. And you know, that that those new pants or that, you know, that new purse or whatever, uh-huh. it's great and fun at first, but it loses its joy. Oh, I, that is so interesting. And again, I'd not, I'd not heard of that and I'd not thought about it, but you are so right. I mean, um, that those fleeting things are the things that we hold most precious, I think, in our minds as experiences and as memories. Um, and the stuff, the stuff that we buy, it tends to stay around. And then I think it's interesting to think about something that you purchase. You're very excited about it it stays around. You've had it now for a few years. It's getting dusty and worn out. You're not using it as much. And then it's almost like slowly over time, a switch is flipped. And now instead of it being a blessing or something that makes you happy, now it's kind of a burden. And it's like, oh, what am I going to do with this old junky car? Or, you know, your, your cell phones. That's another good example. You get, we get a new cell phone every couple of years and we throw the old one in the drawer and then, ever, you know, when, when they get to be my client and I'm moving them out of a house they've lived in for 20 years, there's, you know, 10 old cell phones sitting in the drawer and we end up just throwing those out. And so, yeah, the, the things that are fleeting are so often the things that stay in our mind. And something else that I am working on, um, you mentioned my book at the top of the show. I'm actually writing a second book, which is called Keep the Memories, Not the Stuff. And it's a book about um, keepsake clutter and memory clutter and, and the guilt associated sometimes with keeping stuff or letting go of stuff. And, you know, that is so true that the best memories 
don't come from the physical object themselves. They come from the memory of baking pies with your grandmother, not from the actual rolling pin that she used. Mm, to pie, you know, right. Um, yeah, I'm I'm taking notes, Kim. This is great. <laughs> oh yeah, so am I. <laughs> so that's great. So you, so your new book, Keep the Memories, not the stuff. When is that coming out? Well, it's still in the draft process. Okay. But my goal <laughs> is to uh, release it in January of 21, 2021. Yeah, wonderful. That that would be great. I love the title of that and um, yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And and another thing in this um, in this studying that I'm doing of happiness is photos right? Uh Um, Photos are a great way for us to remember, oh, I remember that great vacation. I remember that time I spent with my grandparents, even though they're gone. Uh You know, you you get to remember those times. So photos are really a great way to um, make us happy again as we remember those great moments. Yes. And, you know, photos take up almost no room, really. I mean, even if we have printed photos, and even if we have a ton of them, it's not going to take up nearly as much room as a physical, the physical clutter of stuff. And of course, now with our digital photos, they take up um, almost no physical space just on the computer. So that, that's the best keepsake of all. I, I tell my clients that all the time. And nowadays, when so many of us have smartphones, we have the ability to very easily take not only a photo, but a video. Mm-hmm. And boy, when I think back to my grandparents who have been gone many years now, 30 years, I would love to have a video or several videos of them talking, of them telling stories. So I think it's great to um, take advantage of that. And even, you know, I've got two little kids. We love looking back at old videos, even from two or three years ago, my husband and I, we can't believe how little they used to be, you know, and what their voice used to sound like. So Mm -hmm. that's the kind of thing that um, really does bring you happiness in the big sense you know, um, and those are the kinds of things that you want to hold on to. Can you ever, you know, we're talking about the concept of enough. Can you ever have enough memories of someone you love? I don't think so. And so, yeah, photos and videos are probably the best way to do that. And with our technology today, we might as well take advantage of it. I love that. Can you ever have enough memories of, I mean, hopefully good memories. Yes, right. <laughs> I don't mind getting rid of bad memories, but I mean. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, interesting. That's right. So let me ask you, Janine, what, what do you think we can learn through COVID times mm-hmm. uh, about what enough means when it comes to stuff? What, what are you seeing and what do you think we can take away from this experience? I think that um, certainly, like I said, that it's a decision, it's not an amount, and that you get to decide what is enough for you And I think that if you really focus on what you have and you really look for the abundance in your life, you will, you will see it. I think something that this um, experience has taught us in this crazy year of 2020 is that we all need much less than we thought we did. Mm. And we are stronger than we thought we were. I mean, I think, you know, many of the people alive today, um, haven't maybe necessarily been tested um, with a worldwide situation like this, you know, like World War II. We haven't been tested the same way that other generations in the past have. And that strength is in us. And you don't often know how strong you are until you're faced with a difficult situation. And so I think that this um, difficult experience, difficult as it has been, is really an opportunity for growth and also inward reflection. Um, mm-hmm and uh, becoming a better person, hopefully. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what did you see in, in your business as far as how were people viewing, like were people getting rid of stuff um, because they were at home and they were trying to, you know, were at home for a long time. And, you know, you start looking around and you're like, okay, am I comfortable in this home? Am I going to be happy with my environment for the next how many months um, staying at home, not going out? Um, so what did, what did you see? I'm curious in your business as far as how people approached this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, um, decluttering and right sizing your possessions is always something that can ease very easily be put off until later. You know, you think you don't have enough time. I'm going to postpone that procrastinate it. And then suddenly when you are faced with so much time at home, it kind of strips away all those excuses, doesn't it? Um, there again, there's that word again, enough. I don't have enough time to get this done. Oh crap, now I guess I do have enough time to get this done, so now I guess I better do it. So we right. have had a lot of people reach out to us who have been sorting through closets and getting getting rid of things. In our area, um, there are a few donation centers who have accepted items you know, throughout this whole process. So that has been helpful to them who want to let go of their things. I do think it has people re-examining, like you said, their living environment. When you are stuck at home, you start thinking, am I happy in this home? Are there things, are there projects around the house that I've been putting off that could make my home more comfortable? So I honestly, I have a few other um, friends who own businesses in the home improvement industry, and those businesses have actually been booming throughout all of this because people are at home and they've they've decided, okay, we're going to start with, you know, getting new window treatments or we're going to rebuild the deck or whatever. Um, For older adults, who is my target market that I work with, the question um, has, I think, more layers to it and a little bit more complexity because of course, um, the older adults are the ones that are um, most vulnerable uh, during this, this situation. And I think their response has been, it's interesting because it's kind of been half and half. Some of them are so thankful that they are safe in a retirement community. That's where a lot of our clients are moving into. They're moving into independent living communities and they're thrilled to be there because they know that they've got people who are watching out for them, people who are preparing food. They don't have to worry about going to the grocery store, that kind of thing. And then I have other um, older adults who are very glad that they are still at home because a lot of those retirement communities have put restrictions on where they're not letting family members come in anymore for visits during this COVID outbreak. And um, those people are happy to still be at home. So again, it's, it's not one size fits all for these kinds of decisions. Again, I want to encourage people that you are in the driver's seat and you need to be intentional and thoughtful about your life and your decisions and about what is enough um, for your life and to go forward with those decisions, whatever they may be, with confidence because everyone really should get the right to choose in this kind of a situation. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned time. So let's talk about time also, Mm, because unlike, okay, you know, money, you can continue to make and and have more money to buy more stuff and you can Mm -hmm. get a bigger house to fill stuff 
you know, fill mm -hmm. your house with, right, with stuff. Um, and then if that's not enough space, then you can get a storage unit. And mm -hmm. now we're going down a really bad path here for you, right? This <laughs> yes. is exactly what you don't like. Okay. But what I'm trying to say is that time is limited. We only have 24 hours in a day. We all have the same amount of time, no matter how much money you make, no matter mm -hmm. what age you are, we all have 24 hours in a day. Mm -hmm. so what I found is that like a lot of my clients, for example, they don't have to drive to work anymore, which might save them, you know, an hour or two a day. Now, not just that, but they don't have to, you know, do their hair every morning or get dressed every morning or pack their lunch every morning, right? Yes. Um, they don't have to sit in traffic every day. So they actually have more time. And so let's talk a little bit more about enough time and how you kind of view time as far as this concept of enough. Yes, absolutely. Well, it's a great excuse to use, right? I don't have enough time. And that is uh, so, it's so eye-opening during um, a situation like this where we are home and we suddenly have more time, but we feel less productive. I know I have certainly had days like that. I've had other days where I felt like, boy, I'm really knocking stuff out. But then I have other days where I feel like I'm not being uh, as productive. I'm not utilizing this time the way I should be or the way I want to be, to really feel like I'm doing well, um, making progress towards my goals, feeling like I'm living a healthy, good life, that kind of thing. So I think that, um, especially with my clients that I'm working with, they're seniors, and they, when you talk about the concept of time, sometimes on a daily basis, they have nothing but time. And I think that can be a hard thing for an older adult. It's certainly something that we experienced um, of all, people of all ages during the COVID outbreak where we were kind of stuck at home and we felt like we had too much time. Mm. Um, but on a bigger scale, an older adult, you know, if you talk about months or years left on this earth, they have much less time. Um, and of course, none of us know when our time will come. Okay, so none of us really know how much longer we will live. But um, it is a true statement that when we are working with older adults, they don't have as much time left on this earth. And so you really want to make that time count. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this quote that I love, I think it's Rumi, I'm not sure, but I, it's, it says, the thing is, you think you have the time but you, you know, you don't. I think if you were in, uh, at the end of your life and you were looking back and talking to your younger self, you would realize, you know, stop waiting. You think you have time, but you don't stop putting things off. Mm. So there again, it goes back to, I think, taking regular time out to reflect on your life and the life that you're living, the life you want to live and how how that life is going and whether or not you need to make a detour and change things. I think when we are so caught up in our day-to-day -day tasks and activities, we don't have, we don't necessarily take the opportunity to reflect the way we should. And one thing that this COVID uh, outbreak has given us is more time. It's shaken up our routine, certainly. And hopefully that sometimes that can be a good thing because it gets you out of that hurry, harried state where you don't have an opportunity to really reflect on your life and think about where am I going? What, where do I want to go? And does my life look the way I want it to look? And if you think about leaving behind a, some kind of a legacy to your children, to your grandchildren, is the legacy that you're leaving behind a positive one? Or how would you want to tweak it if you had the opportunity? So I think things like that, um, even though 
when they shake you up um, out of your routine, it can be a challenge. It can certainly also be a gift. And that is all about perspective and looking for the positive in these challenging times. I love it. Well, Janine, time is up. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, um, we're at the end of our time, but uh, listeners, if you can tell why I wanted Janine to come back on the podcast, so she has such wise words to say and uh, really appreciate it. And if you want to learn more about uh, right-sizing your life and your house, um, check out her book, Ready to Right-Size, a step-by-step guide to right-sizing, to your right-sizing journey. And I'll have links to Janine's website and, and social media and all of that. So Janine, enough is a decision, not an amount. That's right. So go decide for yourself, everyone. Wonderful. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. If you find the Me Time Midlife podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. The best way is to simply tell your midlife friends about it. It also helps the show's visibility if you rate and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or simply directly in your Apple Podcasts app if you listen to the show that way. And if you want more Me Time in your life and continue the conversations we have on the show with other women on a similar journey, consider joining our Me Time Midlife Community on Facebook. Simply search for Me Time Midlife Community in your Facebook search bar or go to metimemidlifepodcast.com to learn more. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, remember, you've been taking care of everyone else. It's your turn to take care of you.